Blog Talk Radio. The Four Persons, Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity. Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law. Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action. Please go to our website at thefourpersons.com or our blog site at thefourpersons.net to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, send us an email at email at thefourpersons.com. Welcome to the Catholicism Rocks show brought to you by our friends at CatholicismRocks.com. This is our weekly show promoting the site built on the notion that there is nothing on earth better than being a Catholic. may not like what I have to say in this, but please reserve judgment once you have listened to the entire video. Some of the content in this video will be factual, some of it is my own conclusions which I believe to be correct given the evidence before me. I pray that everything I say is correct, and if I say anything that is incorrect, God forgives me and there is no detriment or harm to others for hearing what I say in this video. Now before I get started, I just want to say, Everyone should take each individual as you find them. We should love everyone. That being said, it is okay to hate ideologies and different belief systems and yet still love the people that adhere, that adhere to those different ideologies and belief systems. Now let's get into it. Regarding the conflict between Israel and Palestine, well firstly I want to say how Islam is a violent religion. It is barbaric. It treats women and those of different faiths abominably. Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, was a pedophile and believed in conversion to Islam or death. It is a violent religion conceived in isolation in the desert and fathered by Satan, in my humble opinion. That being said, Zionism is much more terrible. The slaughter of innocent people in Palestine is completely unacceptable but the world sits idly by and watches. Some of those Palestinian people are Christians, so it's not just Muslims being killed. Zionists are descended from those who were once God's chosen people, yet rather than be grateful for this gift, they rejected our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, and had him nailed to the cross. They use underhanded techniques and manipulate and coerce the masses. They work through secret societies, Freemasonry originated in Zionism, as did the French and Bolshevik revolutions. 
One thing they are very good at is infiltration. Satanism, witchcraft and many other secret societies are all connected to Freemasonry. Those in the lower ranks are completely unaware of this. Those who are in the higher echelons are fully aware of who they serve. They serve Lucifer and call him the light bearer. They worship him and see him as God. Freemasonry has infected everything. Education, all mainstream media, business, politics and all the main religions, including and most especially the Catholic Church. This is a quote from Our Lady of La Salette on the 19th of September 1846. All civil civil governments will have one and the same plan, which will be to abolish and do away with every religious principle, to make way for materialism, atheism, spiritualism and vice of all kinds. Now think about during COVID, all the governments around the world practically worked in lockstep. Just because someone with a title before their name, such as doctor or professor, does not mean we should take their word for granted. The governments and the educational system have been lying to us for a long time now. Things like the theory of evolution do not stand up to scrutiny. This is all done to remove God from society, to make us believe we are just an evolved life form, whose life holds no true meaning. At the end, we are all worm food. However, deep down, we know this is not to be true, and this goes against reason and rational thought. We were created for God, by God. We cannot believe anything they tell us. It is hard in these times to discern what is true and what is not. Trump versus Biden, Ukraine versus Russia, Israel versus Palestine. It's all a game to them. It is all orchestrated. It is not country versus country, it's them against us, the people. It's the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, Soros, it's them that are pulling the strings and Satan is their master. Every or almost every government is controlled and owned by them. You're only given the illusion of choice. If someone is even a presidential candidate for the Republican or Democratic Party, then they are already owned. Leo Leo Varadkar, Micheál Martin are owned. Rishi Sunak, Justin Trudeau, the list goes on. Almost every government is controlled and owned by these evil people. So we also have socialism versus capitalism. Socialism is the false idea that everyone gets to be treated equally, and the state is given power to ensure this. That though never that though never works, the state always ends up abusing this power. Also, all people are equal in dignity, but not ability. Socialism is like a hive. Everyone works for the betterment of the hive, even at the expense of the individual. The individual is lost under socialism. Capitalism is different in that that it allows for free market and competition. The individual works for what he achieves. This ultimately ends up, though, bringing about ruthlessness, where people trample over one another to try and succeed. There is, however, a third option which they never tell you about system in which you sacrifice and put your own wants and desires last. You try to help others achieve. You die to yourself. If everyone did that, then we all would be successful. This option is hard and therefore does not even get entertained. This third option is how every Catholic should be trying to live. Freemasonry has always claimed the Catholic Church as enemy number one to them. A multitude of popes have condemned Freemasonry 
St. Maximilian Colby spoke fervently out against Freemasonry and warned us of how dangerous they were. Despite the many warnings from past popes and saints, Freemasonry is well embedded in the ecclesiastical church to such a degree it will take a miracle to rid the church of these infiltrators. They are responsible for the removal of the altar rails, the removal of the pans, making the reception of the Holy Eucharist in her hands the norm, for the, they're responsible for the grotesque churches and the grotesque artwork, they're responsible for members of the congregation being up on the altar. The altar is not a stage where people feel they need to have to be a need a, need to have a part to play. The altar is where the divine sacrifice takes place, when we are made present at Calvary. The ecclesiastical church has and is filling the flock. Not all bishops and priests, but definitely most. They are either complicit in trying to bring about this new church that is not of Christ, or they are cowardly and sit back and do nothing and allow it to happen. Bishop Fulton Sheen said, he will set up a counter church which will be the ape of the church because he, the devil, is the ape of God. It will have, it will have all the notes and characteristics of the church, but in reverse and emptied of its divine content. It will be a mystical body of the Antichrist that will in all externals resemble the mystical body of Christ. He also said this though, Who's going to save our church? It's not our bishops, it's not our priests, and it's not the religious. It's up to you, the people. You have the minds, the eyes and the ears to save the church. Your mission is to see that the priests act like priests, your bishops act like bishops, and their, their religious act like religious. So what do we do then to get rid of these interlopers who seek to spread their poison in the church? We must never accept any change to any dogmatic teaching. We must fast and pray, go to Eucharist adoration, our Lady has given us a powerful weapon for these times, the Rosary, which is the best form of prayer after the Mass. We also must not be afraid to hold our clergy to account. When they say something that is not in line with church teaching, we must challenge them. Give them a chance to correct their error if they do not take it to the bishop. If still nothing happens, go public, mention it on social media, get others to contact the bishop and the priest. When they do, when their priests not do something good, tell them that, they, that you like what they said or did, encourage them and help them uh, to become the, the person, the priest they're, they're called to be. Okay, God bless, Chuck your law, or they shall come. And there you have it. Those are the words of the founder of Catholicism Rocks. And I thought, a lot of what he says there is apropos. I'm going to leave it the floor to uh, Judson Carroll. Judson, I'd like to hear your content, uh, your comments on what uh, Catholicism Rocks founder Sean Murray had to say there. Well, hey, how are you doing this evening? Doing great. Great. Um, yeah, uh, Sean resonates quite a bit. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a real good guy, and, and I'm with him. I think on most everything, I you know, I'm not really an expert on Zionism. I can't really weigh in on that one way or the other. But uh, as far as um, Freemasonry, yeah, that's something I have really been um, delving into, looking at. Um, it seems to me that um, Freemasonry, 
really is the impetus behind nearly everything uh, that's happened in the Western world since its founding, which it was actually, uh, you know, in the 1700s, not as their, you know, myths proclaim going back to the temples of Egypt and all that. Very Protestant, of course, in its nature, and yes, uh, quite satanic. Um, seems to absolutely have been behind the French Revolution, um, the American Revolution. I know this is going to shock a lot of people. But as far as I know, only one of our founding fathers, my ancestor Charles Carroll, was not a Freemason. Uh, all our presidents have been, except possibly um, John Kennedy and, and maybe Trump, uh, maybe Obama. I'm not sure, but it looks like uh, maybe Obama did get kind of mixed up with that in college. Um, and, and Trump's family does have ties to the Masonic Order, uh, but I, he has never worn the ring or proclaimed, you know, anything like that. So I don't know him to be anything associated with it. And as far as I know, the Kennedys could have been Masons too. I just don't know. You know, obviously it's a, a decidedly anti-Catholic order. Um, mm -hmm. By many Vatican documents, uh, uh, a Catholic cannot belong to the Masonic Order, and the Masonic Order is dedicated to destroying Catholicism. But even America, this, you know, home of the free and land of the brave, beacon of everything, is thoroughly um, founded, organized by Masonic principles. Uh, certainly, um, um, Woodrow Wilson and uh, FDR, big, big in Masonic order, definitely uh, League of Nations, League of Nations, and um, United Nations, Masonic organized. Our military is thoroughly infested uh, by the Masonic order. Our courts are thoroughly infested by the Masonic order. And I have a very dear friend in Rome whose family founded the first um, uh, Pecorino Romano cheese company that exported that wonderful cheese to the United States. And um, in, about five years ago, the mafia killed her father. And mm. she's been in courts. They've taken her home. They've taken the business. I mean, they've literally taken everything two or three generations worked for. And uh, it seems the courts of Rome are thoroughly infested uh, with Masons. Uh, they will give each other the handshake, and the decision comes down on the side of the one that gave the little tap on the wrist with their finger. Growing mm -hmm. up, um, I was very uh, – I, I grew up in a very – I actually went to a school uh, that was founded, a private school, founded by uh, the Masonic Order. It was Scottish Rite, you know, that's um, North Carolina. Um, you know, I, I think I may have mentioned to you before, we had billboards all up and down the interstate and, and everything saying, welcome to this county, welcome to that county. The Democratic Party of North Carolina and the, and the Knights of the Ku Klux, Klux Klan welcome you to our county. Please obey our rules, our laws, I should say. And it would show a Klansman on horseback with the St. Andrew's Cross, which I think is an abomination that they carry the St. Andrew's Cross. Um, everything growing up, uh, really in Eastern North Carolina was absolutely dictated and controlled by the Masonic order. My grandfather ran into this when he was a, um, young politician, he would not join the Masons. They blackballed him and, um, actually 
kind of got down to fisticuffs and gunfights at certain points because he was not one to back down from anything. Um, when I converted to Catholicism, um, couldn't tell anybody in the county where my grandmother lived because they would have, at the very least, burned crosses in our front yard. Um, you went into any restaurant or gas station and there'd be chick books, Jack Chicks, little comic books, anti-Catholic books everywhere. And you did not even get a dog a, a job as dog catcher or garbage man in the counties where I grew up if you were not a, uh, a member of the Masonic Order. Very, very powerful, um, very involved in politics, especially the Democratic Party. But I know the Bushes were very, very big, are very big uh, Masons as well. And yeah, I mean, I'd love to be, um, you know, a flag-waving patriotic American. That's my go-to position. Uh, but frankly, and I know this is going to upset a lot of people, I think America was wrong in the Civil War. I think the South was right. And frankly, I think the Masonic influence um, probably got us involved in World War One, which led to World War Two. I don't think there would have been an Adolf Hitler. I don't think there would have been, you know, everything that happened, Mussolini and all that, and the slaughter of six million Jews and gypsies and Catholics, Maximilian Kolbe and all them. Had we not gotten involved in World War One, I, I don't think World War Two would have happened. Um, I know the Masonic influence was very big in allowing China to become communist. Um, China has since slaughtered at least 150 million people, and we're set up to go to war with them now, which will enrich yeah, the Rockefellers, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I don't know about the Rothschilds. I mean, everybody accuses them of everything. Some of it's probably true. Some of it's probably not. They make great wine. I can tell you that much. Um, I got a case of Lafitte Rothschild uh, when Chocolate I was in college. Too. There was a closeout. <laughs> wow, that's good wine. Chocolate, <laughs> really? Too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously. Um, but yeah, I think the Masonic Order uh, is probably pulling the strings behind far more than we could ever imagine. And I mean, okay. that is sort of like the ultimate conspiracy theory, unless you want to say aliens are behind it. If you're no, on the, I, like a total I, flat earther and the aliens are pulling I, our strings, you know. I agree with <laughs> I agree with basically all that you said. I want to make one clarification. I'm pretty sure that we're in, in agreement on this. When you said you believe that the South was right in the Civil War, <clears throat> you're not defending slavery. You're defending oh, yeah, states' no, rights. Definitely. This well, is states' rights. It's not issue. even – yeah, it's not even states' rights for me. It's the fact that uh, every side of my family essentially fought in the American Revolution for one reason, and that was the ability to revolt, secede, uh, you know, the rights of the free man to set up their own government. Now, I mean, I understand the uh, monarchist argument, but if you're in a republic, and you founded that republic on the right of saying, when the state of whatever, Georgia, North Carolina, says that America is no longer serving its needs and we don't want our tax dollars taken, we don't want to be part of this crap anymore, we have an inherent right in the Declaration of Independence right. to well, found I, I a new the, nation. The, the South was right in the respect. I'm going to be very clear where I stand. The South was right in the respect that – that rights that are not specifically written in the Constitution 
to the federal government are reserved for the states. Uh, sure. We certainly yeah, live me, in a yeah. government today where that is not the case. Let me bring on right. uh, Lewis real quick, and then I want to go uh, I'll hear what Lewis has to say, and then I want to expand what you've said on Freemasonry into Zionism and show the connection. Uh, Lewis, how are you doing tonight? I'm good and you, brother. I'm glad to be here. How about you? Uh, doing good. A little tired. It's been a long week, and I think Judson's had a long week, too. So. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to add, um, you know, I have an atheist friend um, that was an atheist. He converted to Catholicism. Um, and, dude, it was his conversion was amazing, and he says the same thing, too. And I also learned from watching a famous Catholic, you know, Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire. He said it too. Uh, uh, monarchies are superior to democracies, you know, that the church was designed to be a monarchy, you know, and you know, this is why the Catholic Church were the most organized Christian religion in the world, you know. We don't have the same problems that, you know, the Protestants have. But, um, yeah, going back absolutely. To saying, yeah. Go, going back so, to, um, he, he, he made me think about it this way, like, um, and I'm glad that um, other people see it too. And his point was excellent. So um, you just said something powerful. America was wrong. In uh, which war did you mention? Civil war. Oh, I, I, I said the civil war. Yeah. And I would agree with that. And he would even take it farther. He would say that America was wrong in regards to the war between England and America over, like, independence in a way. Because mm-hmm. think about it like this. If America would have stayed in a monarchy style, we would have done better as a country. Because it's it's historically proven the monarchies do better than democracies. Democracies give you know people an unbalanced amount of power, you know, um, and it's a mess when you know you give people you know um, it always becomes changing unstably. While monarchies are more you know towards remaining the same. So like, right, it makes right, sense. right. I mean, like um, the 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 American English Civil, um, the American and English War was basically a war between Protestants, um, is what his point was, and I never saw it that way, but that is true. One of the key. Yeah. Um, Can I just poke in here real quick? Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to pick up on one thing John said. Yeah, I I would have totally been an abolitionist, and Robert E. Lee was the greatest abolitionist. Uh, voice of the South who sided with the South to defend the South. But um, when it comes down to democracy, America was never founded as a democracy. America was founded as a republic. Democracy Mm -hmm. is where you have like three wolves and two sheep, and the wolves vote to eat the sheep. All right, go ahead. I'm through. (laughs) No, no, I'm absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, are, Are you done, Lewis, or you have more to say? Yeah, but like the American Civil um, between England and America was a war of Protestants, and you know what? It just shows you more how much of a mess Protestantism was when you know it led to a war within itself. Um, that's the point that he met, that he made, and again, I never saw it that way, but it is true. Yeah, I think you're right, Lewis. I mean, and if you look at the founding, the the main uh, the thrust of the Masonic uh, message, they're anti uh, the Catholic Church and anti against all monarchies, destroy the church and destroy monarchies. Now, I mean, Protestant England 
complete mess. I mean, okay, I can say this. My great-great-great-grandfather was uh, Lord Cheshire, which makes me directly descendant from, like, oh, King, um, let's see, Richard Lionheart, uh, Edward the Confessor, a lot of those uh, old names like Arrowwood or something that I can't even pronounce, Catholic mm -hmm. England. Okay, my ancestors were Catholic English kings. My ancestors were Irish English kings. My ancestors were Spanish English kings. I can go down the list. I'm related directly to Senate from about five royal lines. Monarchy in and of itself, you have to remember the king's position on earth is intensely tied to the authority of the papacy. The Pope is the ultimate authority over the king, and then the king is the sovereign of his nation. When King Henry VIII, who was a genocidal maniac, a total drunk, manic depressive, how many wives did he kill? I don't know. When he separated himself from, um, from Catholicism, he essentially rebelled against the natural order. Now, had it not been for Freemasonry, who knows, but that um, England may be a Catholic nation in a day. Right. All right. So uh, what I want to do is I want to basically amplify what Judson and um, Lewis are saying with the caveat that I absolutely know that some people are going to deliberately misinterpret what we're saying tonight. And after tonight, I'm going to hear people that say that we um, at, that we advocate slavery, uh, yes, <laughs> that of course. We, we hate America, that uh, you know, who are, that we're anti-Semitic. You know, all, all these accusations are going to be made, none of which are true. Um, mm -hmm. But I would invite anybody to, if you have a dollar bill in your wallet, pull it out. If you don't look it up online and flip it over yeah the pyramid at, the pyramid when you look at that dollar bill you're going to see the pyramid with the one eye at the top of it now this is this is egyptian iconography and it is a symbol of freemasonry okay uh -huh. and i want you to pay attention to the inscription that is below the pyramid the words Novus Ordo Seclorum. Mm. You want to tell everybody what that means, Justin? Oh, gosh, really? <laughs> new, new order and uh, Seclorum, uh, what would that be? Section off, break away. New world order. Uh, yeah, new world order. That's what it basically means. A new second mm. order, a new world order. So this was the intention now, now, New World Order is, is something that's come into vogue over the last 30 years as, as something that's being discussed. This was the mission of the Masons way back then, mm -hmm. uh, to, do, to do away with uh, organized uh, religion, uh, to do away with individual rights, uh, and they've done it through a systematic approach. The Federal Reserve is part of that, to basically oh, – yeah, devalue our currency and make it completely worthless. Uh, we're eventually going to be mo uh, moving to a cashless society based on social credits. Yep. Uh, and we're moving very rapidly towards a religion that is least common denominator. That uh, 
that that the only common denominator of this religion uh, is that you worship the people that are in government, and anything goes beyond that. Now, anyone that that wants to believe that we're being conspiratorial here and how this is tied to the doctrine of Zionism, are, are you guys in front of your computers right now? I'm not, no. Okay. Are you in front of your computer? Okay. I want you to look up the term hexagram. H-E-X-A-G-R-A-M. Hexagram. And tell me what you find. Hexagram. Hexagram. Um, You said H-E-X-A. G-R-A-M. Hexagram. A hexagram or sexagram in Latin is a six-pointed geometric star figure with the scolafla symbol. It's also a pagan symbol. It is a pagan symbol. It is a symbol of the occult. It is actually what's known as a pictogram. Do you know what a pictogram is, Lewis? So a pictogram uh, so. is, is an image that depicts something in a in a pictorial form. Okay, so you, are you looking at the hexagram now? You're looking at the image yes, of I it, am. Lewis. All right. So it's tell me how many. Satanic. Yeah. So tell me how many points are there on it. Six. Six points. Tell me how many triangles there are. Up six. Yeah. And on the inside of it, how many walls are there on the inside of it? Six, six, six. Yes. Six, six, six. It is a pictorial. Yes, sir. Uh, You know how I know that symbol? It was painted on every house and barn in the mountains of Appalachia of a German family who was Lutheran to ward off lightning. Right. The symbol of the occult. It is a pictorial depiction of the number of the beast, 666, okay? Now, Lewis, I want you to look up Star of David. Look that up. Yeah. Star of David or Jewish flag. Star of David, I found it. It's the same symbol. It's a hexagram. That's what you see on the Jewish flag. You see the hexagram. Now, a lot of people call this the Star of David, okay? And, Justin, we've talked in the past, you and I have talked, and uh, Jack Gist has talked about the manipulation of language, right? Sure. About saying one thing that sounds like something else, but it's really not what you're actually saying, right? So yep. when I say Star of David, who do you automatically think of? Who is David? Well, King David. Right, right. Lewis, is that who you would would think of? Yes. The Star of David is not based on King David. There's no connection to King David whatsoever. It's based on a military leader of the Middle Ages whose name was David. That's where it came from. This star is actually condemned in the Bible because it had connections to Solomon. When Solomon was dabbling in the occult, when Solomon was dabbling in pagan practices, and he is actually, it's actually condemned in the book of cultic symbol. 
always has been an occultic symbol. And of course, Solomon is the one whom the Masons uh, claim to get all their information from. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? It all comes home. So now, what has happened is you have a religion, okay, that is not legitimate Judaism. And you know why I know that it's not legitimate Judaism? How's are, you familiar, are, are you familiar with the prophecy of the 70 weeks in the ninth chapter of the book of Daniel? Vaguely. I mean, I've okay. read it, but I can't say I've, I've ever really studied it or understood it. Well, it's possibly the most amazing prophecy in all of Scripture. And, in fact, in our Christmas special that we just released, we referenced it. So I'll tell you the part of the Christmas special that we that we referenced, and then I'll go to the larger point, just to tell you how amazing this prophecy is. The prophecy gives a specific amount of time, 69 weeks of years, until the Christ, and the Dewey Reams version of the Bible actually says the Christ comes and is cut down after the 69 weeks, is cut down. So it's actually produced, uh, um, declaring the coming and the crucifixion of the Christ. And it says, from the signing of the decree to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem to the coming of the Christ. Well, the funny thing about it is, is we know exactly what those dates are. The decree was written was signed by King Artaxerxes of Persia on one Nisan in the Jewish year 3177. Okay? So by our calendar, that is March 5th, 444 B.C. Oh. And, and the decree is 69 weeks of years, which is 69 sets of seven years, are 483 years. Now, a Jewish calendar at 360 years, uh, 360 days in a year. Our calendar has 365.2425 days in it. We have 97 mm-hmm. leap years in a 40 in a 400 year period. Long story short, you decipher the prophecy by converting it to the number of days. It's 173,880 days. Okay? And you move forward 173,880 days and you land on exactly March 29th, 33 AD. Palm oh, Sunday. Really? Palm okay. Sunday, five days before the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Huh. Pretty you amazing. Know, going back to... I just want to make a quick warning. Going back to the whole digital currency and the one world religion, one of the first things they're going to do is they're probably going to start banning religious books that, you know, teach about the Catholic faith or anything right. similar to it. All right. Let's so revisit right now, that in just a minute. Let, let's revisit that in a minute. I don't want to go down too many rabbit trails. I want to come back to that point and, and do these in order, Okay. We're definitely going to discuss it. I just want to do them in order, okay? Yep, yep. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So the other part of the prophecy 
is that the sacrifice will end, the temple will end, the priesthood will end, prophecy will end, and the holy religion of Judaism will end. This is what Gabriel is predicting to the prophet Daniel. Well, as you know, when Jesus was crucified and died on the cross, the veil in the temple was torn in two. And less than 40 years later, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed and the entire priesthood along with it. There is no sacrifice. There is no priesthood. There is no temple. And without, a, without prophets, priests, sacrifice, and a temple, there's no Jewish religion. And there's no need for a Jewish religion because the Jewish religion was fulfilled by the Messiah. So... Around about 20 years later at the Council of Jamnia, they created a new religion called Rabbinic Judaism. It's a new form of Judaism, or also known as Talmudic Judaism, and it's a new form of religion that's based on uh, the rabbis, the teachers, without there being a necessity of a sacrifice. Well... The problem is, the problem with that is the Bible is very, very clear that sin cannot be remitted without a sacrifice. So, anyway, that's the roots of the current rabbinic Judaism. Now, I want Lewis to finish making his point, and then we'll continue on this. Go ahead, finish the point you were just making, Lewis. Right now, it's time for to buy the religious books, like I said, Catholic books specifically, because pretty soon, like once we are fully in an all digital currency which will just inescapably lead to the whole mark of the beast. They're going to ban religious books. They're going to ban the Bible. They're going to ban church fathers. They're going to ban, you know, by, you know, books that relate to the Catholic faith. And despite the fact that, you know, um, Protestants are basically, you know, incomplete Christians and have an incomplete Christianity, they're going to ban anything that talks about Christ, anything that talks about, you know, the truth. Right. So right now, I, I always tell people, right now is the time to buy these books. Right. Yeah, I love that statement. Whatever you have So go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Whenever you have like spare money, that's what I'm doing. I always buy like a Catholic theology book um, mm-hmm. because the world is going back to to you know anything that isn't from Christ will inescapably just return to the world and be destroyed with, you know, with the world. Right. So, I mean, True. we need and, to start for, you know, and that's my point. Go ahead, John. Sorry. So, so going back to what I was saying, this, what I'm saying here may sound like some new novel kind of doctrine. It's not. This was the position of the early church. This is what the early yeah. church understood. Now, in the book of Genesis, there is a list of the 12 sons of Israel, 12 sons of Jacob, who later became known as Israel. And Mm -hmm. there's a list of his 12 sons in the book of Genesis. Okay? Mm -hmm. In the book of Revelation, there is also a, um, there's also a list of the 12 sons of Israel. The interesting thing, though, in the list in the book of Genesis, one of the names of the 12 sons has been removed and replaced. Were you aware really? of that? 
No, I never noticed yeah. that. No. The son. Wait, wait, Dan. Which one? The Dan. I was going to say Dan. You know yes. the Cherokee tribe claims to be directly descendant of the tribe of Dan, and there's been a whole lot of controversy over that over the years. I was not aware of that. I'd like to you to send me some information on that if you well, could. Well, I don't think it's valid. I mean, I don't think it's valid at all. But uh, yeah. yeah, that that uh, it has been something they so, claimed for a very long time. So in the in the list of the twelve sons of Israel, that's in the Book of Revelation, Dan has been replaced with Manasseh. Now, Manasseh was not one of the twelve sons of Israel. Manasseh is a son of Joseph. So Manasseh was a grandson of Israel, not a son. Now, why was Dan removed? Well, you know in the Old Testament when uh, Israel gives the blessing on his uh, 12 sons, I'm actually looking at, looking up the uh, particular uh, text. He gives a blessing on his 12 sons. What does he say of Judah? He says the scepter will never the, the, the scepter will never depart from Judah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Well, that obviously was taken as a messianic uh, a messianic prophecy, and, and rightly so, that the Messiah would come the tribe of Judah. You, you, you all agree with that so far? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Now, I want to find what it says, though, about Dan. I think you're going to find this very interesting. Okay, so Reuben, you are my firstborn. He blesses Reuben. He said, my strength and eminent pride, preeminent in power. Simeon and Levon are brothers, weapons of violence with their swords. Judah, your brother shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's son shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stopped down. He crouched as a lion, and, and as a lioness, who dares rouse him? The scepter shall never depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. Now, I'm saying this. I'm reading from Genesis chapter 49. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, let me read you what he says about Dan, his son, Dan. This is from chapter 49 of the book of Genesis. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent in the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so the rider falls backwards. What does that sound like? No. He will, he will strike at your heel. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She will crush your head while you strike at her heel. Dan will be a serpent by the path that bites the horse's heel so that the rider falls backwards. Now, no less than St. Jerome, who translated the Bible, and St. Augustine, one of the great doctors, fathers of the church, those two both interpreted this 
and the fact that Dan has been replaced in the book of Revelation as signs that the Antichrist will come from the tribe of Dan. This is what the early church believed. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Where is the tribe of Dan now? Well, the tribe of Dan is lost. That's the lost tribe. That's the one they always say that no one can prove they belong to the tribe of Dan. Right. So, interestingly, along about the 20th century, uh, evangelical Protestants, primarily in this country, um, kind of agreed, teamed up, buddy-buddy, whatever you want to call it, with supporters of the modern Jewish religion and created a new doctrine. And it's basically, this new doctrine is basically a dual covenant um, formula where the Christians are saved under the new covenant, but the Jews are the chosen people and will be saved under the old covenant simultaneously. Now, this is obviously, this doctrine is obviously blasphemous, obviously Mm -hmm. anti-biblical, but purveyors of this doctrine, purveyors of this belief system persuaded the United Nations to officially designate the reemergence of the State of Israel in 1948. And there you have the the religion of Zionism. And the people right. that were and the people that were behind it did that as a political move in order to kind of assimilate all these powers into one place, assimilate powers over the world banking system, the world political systems, uh, and they did that through, as Sean said in his opening, through secret societies, primarily the Freemasons. So Freemasonry primarily grew out of this this ideology of Zionism that came to its to its fore that came to to its its fulfillment in 1948, and it is basically the mother of the one world government secret Luciferian society that is now threatening. Uh, our civilization. So uh, I'd like to hear your comments. Yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, I, I guess the only thing I'd say is I don't think that the um, George Soros and, and the United Nations and, and the, the Masons would give a crap at all if, if Israel was wiped off the face of the earth with a nuclear bomb. I mean, I think it's all just uh, political positioning. Of course. Of course. And it's it's um, it's nothing more than moving chess pieces in place. Exactly. Uh, uh, If 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 uh, these people don't care, um, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm going to go further and say that it's not even correct to say that they don't care if ten thousand people are killed. They'll use ten thousand people being killed to further their agenda. Yeah, um, exactly. I, they, I think they're very close with the um, with Iran as well. You know, the whole 
Persian um, mythology of uh, the Aryan race and such is very much a part a part of Masonic uh, ideology. Now, of course, all this is going to be said. Uh, all this is going to be used to say that that we are conspiracy theories and we're anti-Semites and we hate the Jewish people. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Oh, sure. No, I mean, I've dated nothing. two or three Jewish girls. I've definitely played with so many Jewish musicians. Um, in fact, uh, when Kinky Friedman ran for uh, governor of Texas, he called me up for an endorsement. <laughs> but what, what I was, people I was gotta, pro-Jewish as could be, but I definitely right. see the, the mech, mech, what do you call it, machinations behind what's going on. Well, what people need to understand is when the Antichrist shows up, he's not going to show up wearing red tights and a pointy tail and horns. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, as a matter of fact, there are people that are saying that the Antichrist is alive today. Okay. Well, I ask you, what nation on earth right now could unite all of the people on the left and the right and the political spectrum, uh, spectrum in America on their side? What nation is capable of doing that? Only Israel. They're the only ones. They're the only ones that have support on right and left. Okay. And I will say that. Well, I mean, China's bought a lot of support. I gotta say, China well, has bought. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So when I say, I mean overt <laughs> support out in the open. Okay. Support. Yeah. 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 When Antichrist shows up, he's going to be personable. He's going to be charismatic. He's going to be a handsome guy. He's going to be a good speaker, a smooth talker. He's going to be people that people are going to congregate to. He's not going to show up with with one eye and and you know fangs and and uh, no. If you're looking for that guy, you're looking for the wrong guy. So it's going to come looking as something good. It's going to come looking as something uh, attractive. Uh, but the people who know this is what Jesus talked about when he said there would be wolves in sheep's clothing. And, and going back think... to going back to the whole Freemasonic thing, infiltrating. You mentioned how before some Freemasons are trying to like infiltrate the Vatican and destroy it from within. Mm-hmm. But that not, we're not saying that the Catholic Church is Antichrist. Obviously, the Catholic Church is the Church Christ established. But there are wolves trying to infiltrate it and destroy it from within. Now, obviously, they're going to fail miserably because mm-hmm. we were promised that the gates of hell would not overcome, you know, the church. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing about it is it's also happening in like, um, churches that are closest to the Catholic faith, like the Eastern Orthodox. Their mm-hmm. patriarch, which is they call the first among equal, he has pretty much sold out. You know, he's under the control with, um, of Freemasonry. He's like allied himself wow. with Putin or something, what I've heard. I did not know that. But, wow. Okay. And I mean, like, um, they're turning their backs on him. They're even calling for ex- his excommunication. But, like, um, <laughs> I mean, not to bring it to the Orthodox, but we obviously see this infiltration in the Protestant churches. Now, Protestants, unlike Catholics, or almost Orthodox, because Orthodox are almost united, but since they don't have the Pope, mm-hmm. they don't have a center of unity. So when they fight, there's no one, there's no referee to say, hey, knock it off. But, um... My point is that, you know, they're infiltrating Christianity as best as they can. And the number one church that they're going to go after is the Catholic Church. And, I mean, 
course. I think even Trump yeah. said it. Not even I think Trump even said it himself. Um, for those who didn't know, Trump actually announced it in public it, in the news. It's the Catholics that they're, they want. It's the Catholics that they're after the most, and that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and hey, let me uh, just put in a plug real quick for Father Spirago's book, The uh, Exhaustive Explanation of the Catechism. He wrote exhaustive. Uh, he wrote a lot on Mason, on Freemasonry, and um, yeah, really fantastic book. Eighteen uh, nineties. I mean, you know, uh, we're talking. Who is that again? Father uh, Spirago, Exhaustive Explanation of the Catechism. Fantastic okay. book. I'm doing a whole series on that on my podcast right now. He tied Freemasonry to communism. He actually pointed out that Marx and them were Jews, you know. And he, I mean, there was no state of Israel at the time, but he really did connect a lot of dots. Right. And it is the most perfect explanation, you know, pre-Vatican II. This is 1890. I will get a copy. Yeah. I will get a copy. Oh, it's so good. People need to understand all of this is orchestrated. None of it's accidental. So before we go, I just wanted to ask you, did you get a copy of, uh, uh, did you happen to look at the link that I sent you, the picture that I sent you? Yeah, but I didn't get a chance to read it. I was doing that right before we went on air. <laughs> well, what was your first impression? But I didn't get a chance to get an impression. I just, you know, I turn on. I don't. I don't carry a phone most times. I don't have it on most times. You know, Did you I'm a lot. The I never get. Uh, there was a guy standing beside a banner. I got. That's all I saw. Okay. He's just. Uh, he's the clown that's been. Uh, uh, har- har- harassing us, and uh, he's just—he's uh, lost his nut, Judge. <laughs> I got to tell you, he's—he's he's just completely, um, just completely insane, dude. And I just was wondering your thoughts. If you get a chance to read it, I mean, the stuff that he writes is—is is, number one, it's on a third grade level. Number two, it's completely incoherent. Uh, and, and he, and who and he is goes. This gentleman that's attacking, this attacking oh. the radio show. Yeah, yeah, same guy. But yeah. who is it? Hartley, Don Hartley. Is he like a Protestant? No, he could, uh, apparently called, thinks he's a Catholic, but not by any, <laughs> not by any measure of Catholicism should should be so. Well, anyway, we're down to our, 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 our coming down on the last few minutes. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to uh, ask you guys for a- any last thoughts, any any topics that you want to discuss, uh, starting with you, Judson. Oh, well, um, you know, I've been kind of out of commission for a couple of weeks, fell off a ladder, bronchitis, and about get all that. But um, I am doing final edits on a new book. Um, you know, I write uh, about once a week. Uh, gospel Reflections for the Mizio Day website, and I just decided to go ahead and do Gospel Reflections for all next year. So if anyone's interested in a book, like a daily devotional, that's kind of what they call it in Protestant terms, uh, for Catholics, we just call it Gospel Reflections. <laughs> it comes from the daily Mass readings. Uh, that should be out uh, at least by December 1, if anyone is interested in re- – it's the Gospel of the Day. I didn't get into like the first and second readings in the Psalms. Maybe that'll come later. And then I give, you know, just sort of an article talking about what it means and reflecting on it. And I think it's going to it's going to be pretty good. I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm editing it now and it's like, did I actually write this? I don't think I wrote this. But it's, it's better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> right. All right. Lewis, your turn. 
Um, I kind of going back to um, my warning. Just you know, now is the time because you know the end times are quickly approaching us. We never know, you know, when things are going to start to get worse. Just buy, you know, fortify the soul when we still have the time to get the things that you need. It kind of reminds me of the warning of the parable, you know, um, that Jesus used of Noah. People were giving themselves up in marriage, which isn't bad, you know. By all means, if you find a godly woman or if you're a woman and you find a godly man, do so. But people were pretending like the end of the world wasn't just going to happen. And when it happened, they were surprised and, you know, they came running to Noah, but by then it was way too late. This is a very similar time we're living in now. Now is the time for spiritual preparement, physical preparement, you know, to be prepared for the things that are coming very soon. And I mean, like, um, again, we're, we're, we're sounding like we're like, you know, conspiracy theories, but the signs are definitely here. Wouldn't you agree, John? And, um, Oh, my gentleman, writing is definitely on the wall. I mean, um, I don't think there's any, any question about that. And just one more comment about technology, because technology by its nature is designed to, as it gets better, the less we own it and the more we lose our privacy. That's something I've noticed about technology. Like try buying a laptop, and setting up that laptop without logging into an Apple or a Google account or a Microsoft yep. account, they don't let you do that. While as before, you can just log into the computer and use it without having to have any account. That's True. showing you every single time you have less privacy with your technology. Um, technology is hey, always I'm, being updated. Go ahead. No, no, that's okay. You finish your you thought. The technology by its nature is, 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 is it's like that. It gets more controlling of our privacy as it progresses and it becomes, you know, less of our possession because it's always being updated. You know, technology mm-hmm. becomes obsolete after a certain amount of years. Even if you don't want to get rid of it, they'll find a way to force you. So, I mean, um, I have a, um, a sadly a friend that it's an Orthodox that converted to Orthodoxy and I hope he doesn't get offended from me by saying that, but he says that technology is the beast and, you know, he's not entirely wrong because it's going yeah, to be true, yeah. used yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, transhumanism and all that. I was just say, uh, John, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on your show, uh, but I think this is a really good point there. And, you know, I, I always say, you know, nobody knows the date or the hour. I'm not, you know, I don't get all worked up about the end of the world and all that. But I grew up in an area where you get hurricanes and you get ice storms and you got to be prepared for everything. You know, probably a Half of what I do uh, really isn't uh, Catholic writing at all. It's writing for preppers and such, herbal medicine, farming and gardening, and um, uh, learning to cook food from scratch, and very simple common sense preparedness stuff. So if anyone – what I really want to stress is people don't freak out. You know, we've been in the end time since Jesus was resurrected. Nobody knows the day or the time. Uh, but always be prepared because, I mean, this time last year, literally I was down in Morecambe, North Carolina, and someone went and shot up the power station. It was a terrorist attack, and the, the power was knocked out for like two weeks, and it was freezing cold, and most people didn't have food or water or a way to eat their house. Very simple, um, very simple steps to be prepared for physical, you know, natural or or or. A grid down situation contingencies are, are common sense things. Preppers are not nutty people looking for a zombie apocalypse. 
I write extensively about this. I've written several books on the subject. So if anyone's interested in that, um, you know, check out my work. And I think I can really kind of give you some peace of mind with simple practical steps, not the freak out bunker mentality, stock up on ammo and, you know, all that kind of thing. I don't do that stuff. Right. Um, I just sent you a link to your email. Um, we just completed a three-video series establishing the actual birth date of Jesus Christ. Right, uh, yeah. I, I think you're going to find it very entertaining. It's very high quality. The video is. Um, Lewis did a part in it. Uh, it was – I think you're going to find that it's very well done, and um, – I'd invite you to um, watch it. And anybody else that wants to watch it, you can go to thefourpersons.net, and that's with the number four, the, the number four, persons.net, and you can find the case for Christmas on there, and all three videos are, are embedded in that article. And um, I think you'll enjoy it. I, I really do. And it establishes the actual date with proof. Not We're not just making, um, you know, uh, claims here, we prove it. We prove mm -hmm. when he was actually born, day and uh, year and hour when he was actually born, and we prove it. So, um, with that being said, uh, Justin, would you leave us with the closing prayer? Oh, sure. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. All right. Amen. God bless. And uh, we'll catch uh, both of you next time. God bless you and have a wonderful weekend. Yeah, y'all have a great Thanksgiving if I don't talk to you again. All right, thank you.